All right, Jarl say good. Thank you. Good morning, good morning. Let us, let us begin. And begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning's share. To thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Adar Beis. To thank Leah Sol for dedicating all of the Shi'urim and Drashos this month. In honor of all of those who organized the beautiful and meaningful groundbreaking ceremony. To thank our week of learning sponsors, Paul and Kathy Pollack, in memory of Paul's grandmother, Dina Bas Rabdov, Zichron Levracha. To thank our day of learning sponsors, Sandy Hoffman, in memory of her father, Melvin Rudman, Mayor Hirsch, Ben Shlomo Zaman, Zichron Levracha. And of course, we know that today, the Levayer, Chaim Kanievsky, in Eretz Yisrael today. Spoke about this on Shabbos morning, so I'm not gonna not gonna repeat everything I said on Shabbos. But suffice it to say that even though even if a person didn't necessarily feel a connection to Reb Chaim, living in a world in which a tzaddik like this existed, and living in a world in which a tzaddik like this, his zechuyos permeated every single corner of this earth, whether or not we recognized it or not, his presence in this world is something that amplified the level of kedusha in our day-to-day lives in ways in which we will never, ever know. And so his loss is a loss not only for Cloudy Yisrael, but really a loss for the entire world. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, his Nisham would have an Aliyah. And just as he was constantly preoccupied with Torah and the needs of Am Yisrael, when he was here in this world for 94 years, may he be Zohar Hashem to continue his advocacy on high. And may Merit Hashem HaKadosh Baruch Hu see fit to only shower Cloudy Yisrael with Geulas, with Yeshuas, and with Nechamas. And also with that, let us begin. So today's daf is Yud Gimel. We are picking up in Yerat Hashem on Yud Gimel on the daf of Akiva for the beautiful daf yesterday. And we are picking up at the two dots on 13a. Two, four, five lines down from the top. So the Gemara says as follows. Good, Chevron Zoom, we're still good? Excellent. Okay. So the Gemara says as follows. Ketzad Potros Tsarosehen. So remember again, the Mishnah was speaking about the concept of Tsaras Tsara. So remember again, if you happen to still have the first sheet from the first day. First sheet from the first day. This is going to be one of the most important sheets we're going to have. Um, I, I believe I posted it on the WhatsApp group also. So you'll still have it if it's there. I'll make additional copies in Mir Hashem for tomorrow. Just to once again show you very quickly. It's, you don't actually need it for the... For the, it was always from the moment, just to clarify what we're talking about, the Tsaras Tsara, which was table A, table A, on the handout that I had given you. So we'll say, so if you remember again, you have three brothers, Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. Ruvain, Ruvain is married to two women, Rachel and Leah. Rachel also happens to be the daughter of Shimon. So remember, so Ruvain married his niece. Ruvain married his niece. Leah, totally unrelated. So remember again, Rachel and Leah, the two wives of Ruvain, are what we call Tsaros. Co-wives. Okay, so far everything fine. Ruving passes away. So say, remember again, the way our whole journey in Yavamas got started was how? Was reminding us, Shimon now potentially would be willing to do Yibam. There's only one problem, which is, one of the wives is his daughter. So remember again, the first halacha we learned is therefore Shimon can't go ahead and do Yibam. Because again, the, not, only is the tzara, not only is the erva not eligible for yibum, but the tzara, the co-wife of the erva, is also not eligible for yibum. So again, just to go through. So therefore, Shimon obviously can't do yibum with Rachel, because that's his daughter. And he can't do yibum with Leah, because she is the co-wife, the tzara, of an erva, of his daughter. Of his daughter. Fine. 
What happens if you go down now in table A to the second to the second section there? Levi ends up doing Yibum with Leah. So Levi does Yibum with Leah. So what happens? So remember again, Le- Levi now also happens to have another wife by the name of Miriam. So Levi now has two wives, Leah, who's the Yibum wife, and Miriam, who is an unrelated wife. Now Levi dies. Now Levi dies. So I say, so now what happens? Levi's two wives fall to Shimon. Now I both say, now remember again, Leah, Leah was the co-wife of the Erba. She was the Tzara to what was Shimon's daughter, Rachel, Miriam unrelated. So I both say, what the Mishnah introduced to us was the following. The Tzara's Tzara. Miriam, Miriam is the co-wife of the co-wife, right? Remember again, she is the co-wife of Leah, who was the co-wife of Rachel, who was an erva to Shimon. This is the Tsaras Tsara case, and therefore in this case, Miriam doesn't do Yibum as well. So there's no Yibum. We'll say this, it's actually a pretty straightforward case, especially when you see it in print. That's the case of Tsaras Tsara. Beautiful, that's it. Says the Gemara, says the Gemara, I mean, how do you know that a Tsaras Tsara, or in this case, Rabosa again, just operating off this table, that Miriam, Miriam, the co-wife of the co-wife would not do Yibum. So the Gemara says, the Damakra, Litzrar. Because we'll say the Torah uses the Lashon of Litzrar. We'll remember again, this is the Aleha Pasuk. We've always been focused on Aleha. But the same Pasuk also says Litzrar. What did we learn from Litzrar? HaTorah Ribsat Saros Harbe. We'll say what we're going to see is Litzrar essentially says, anyone we'll call it maritally connected to the erva, takes on erva status. Litzra means essentially if you are bound in any type of marital fashion to the erva, albeit even indirectly, because we'll remember again, if you look back at that chart, if you look back at that table for just a moment, you'll see, by the way, that Miriam, right, Miriam really is only indirectly connected to Rachel, right? Remember again, we'll say, What's Miriam's connection to Rachel? What's Miriam's connection? Right? Remember again, Miriam is the co-wife of Leah, who was the co-wife of Rachel. Right? So, so Miriam is really a degree removed. But nevertheless, the Gemara is saying, Litzrar teaches me that any level of connection is enough to invalidate for Yibam purposes. Incredible. So the Gemara says, Ravashi Amar, Svarahi. Ravashi says the truth is, it's a Svara. It's a logic. It doesn't even need a pasuk. My time as here the makom erva kaima. So we'll say so. So comes along. Ravash Ravash will say like this. Let's go back for just a moment. Why is it that Leah is disqualified from yibum with Shimon because she's connected to an erva? The makom erva kaima. Tsara 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 nami the makom erva kaima. A tsara tsara also is connected to the erva. Which we'll say. They're pretty much saying the same thing. They're just coming out of different ways. So the first approach will be, the first approach, Rabbi Yehuda will say, it's a Pasuk, Litzror. And Litzror says, anyone maritally connected to the Erva, by definition, is disqualified from Yibom. Ravashi will say, it's a Svara. The Svara is, anyone maritally connected to the Erva will be disqualified from Yibom. But they're essentially saying the same idea. Any level of bond to the erva, by definition, will disqualify you. And I will say, this is indeed the halacha. This, well, actually, we'll see the halacha in just a moment. But we do pass in this way, halacha l'maysa. Saras, tsara is going to be asura in yibum as well. So if I will say, again, going on that table, Miriam, Miriam, who was the 
unrelated wife of Levi, right? Remember again, Miriam was minding her own business. She was married to Levi before all of this other stuff happened. It then happens to be that Levi did Yibam with Leah, who was the Tzara of an Erva, that when, when Leah brings that to the marriage, so ultimately, again, that status is conferred upon Miriam as well. Beautiful. Kate Sadimesu. So we'll say, remember again, the next part of the Mishnah dealt with the following case. So what's the next part of the Mishnah was like this. So we'll say, if you take a look for just a moment, go back to that same table. The one we're just using, this one, we'll say, table A. Right, the first, the first hand that I gave you on the Masechta, I'll actually post, post it on the WhatsApp group again today. So we'll say, the first, the, right, the first day, I, I, I think I did post it the first time, right? When we started Yivamis? Did I, did I put it on there? Okay, good. So it says, you, you can see it. It's, it's, in the, it's in the, what do they call it? Good. Right. It's from the, it's from the art school. Yeah. So I'll say, so again, so remember, just taking a look at this for just a moment. So go back to table A for just a second. Once again, Reuben is married to two women, Rachel and Leah. And we'll say, when does the whole Tsaras Erva and ultimately Tsaras Tsara, when does that kick in? When does that kick in? Simple answer. When does it kick in? When, she, when Reuben dies. The last part of the Mishnah said like this. What happens had Reuben divorced Rachel before he died. Right? So what's this? We're not up to Ibum right now. We're not up to Ibum. Right? Everything is going fine. Well, I guess not everything is going fine. Right? Reuven does divorce Rachel. Right? But, but the idea is, meaning everyone's alive and well. Everyone's alive and well. And Reuven divorces Rachel. After Reuven divorced Rachel, then he dies. Then he dies. In that case, the Mishnah says, Shimon kidu Yibum with Leah. Why? Why? I will say Why? Because at the time of death, Leah didn't have the status of a Tsaras Erva, right? The status of Tsaras Erva is only concretized at the time of death. But at the time of death, ultimately, again, Reuven's not married to Rachel anymore. There's no Erva situation over here. Leah is fit for Yibum. It's fit for Yibum. So it says the Gemara, V'afilu kines ulubasov gireish. Now, the Gemara is actually choosing to illustrate this Ultimately, again, with the case of Achos Ishto, with the case of wife's sister. So the Gemara says, is this true? Even if Halacha Lamaisa, first he got married, right? First there was marriage, then only afterwards there was a divorce. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi says over here, Rashi says, actually not yet. Vikinsa uh, Megare Shumais. No. No, no, not yet. So, Ramiru, we'll say, watch this. So, Gimar says, is this true? Even if Halacha Lamaisa, even if Halacha Lamaisa, the second brother were to marry the sister before the other one divorced, or Minu, so Gimar is a kasha. You'll see how this makes sense in just a moment. Gimul Achim, we'll say, new case, new case. This, by the way, is the handout for today. And we'll say, it looks much more complicated than it actually is. Mm-mm-mm. Take all the bosses. So on this piece of paper that I sent you, I also I was telling the Chavra before, I'm very excited because I found this book from the last cycle. I was very happy here. Also, all the men wear hats and have beards and all the women wear tichels. I felt like this is a proper safer for our, for our shear. Right? So, say, so again, it happens to be, the pictures are a little, we'll, we'll, we'll see inside. We'll say this is the case. Let's take a look. Let's read it first outside. Gimel Achim, Shnayim Mehen Nesuim Bezachayos, Let's begin. Here is the case. Three brothers. I, I made extra copies of the sheet if anyone needs. So on the sheet, take a look at what's, what's called picture 78.1. 
78.1. So I'll say, now listen to this. You have three brothers, Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Now what happened over here, I will say, it's only the first line that gets a little bit confusing. Listen to this. If you look on 78.1, but look at the second line there in 78.1. You have three brothers, Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Now what happened over here is as follows. Shimon, Reuven and Shimon married sisters, right? Reuven's married to Machla, and Shimon's married to Noah, and they are sisters. They're sisters. Levi is married to an unrelated woman. Unrelated woman. Fine. But say now what happens? What happens? So let's let's first go for let's first read the Gemara. So Girish Achaios Ishto Umes. Listen to this. What happens next? It's actually Umes Hanasli Nachris the Kinsamagarish. So okay, so let's take a look at 782 now. What happened? Ruvain divorced Machlo. Ruvain divorced Machlo, right? You see in 782, you see Ruvain and Machlo, there's that little get in between them over there. Right? Unfortunately, again, not all is good in paradise. So what happens? So Ruvain divorces Machlo. Okay. We'll say, good, that's step two. Step three, 78.3, Lady passes away. Levi passes away. A lot happening in this mishpacha, right? Levi passes away. So we'll say, so now remember again. So now let's read. It. We're going to try to read concurrently in the Gemara. So umes hanasui nachris. So seventy-eight three. Levi. I will say in this context, nachris doesn't mean that he married a non-Jewish woman, right? Nachris means he didn't marry a sister. Right? He's married to someone who's not related to anyone else. So Levi, who is married to an unrelated woman, unrelated woman, ultimately again dies. That's the big black line through Levi. Right? 78.3, Levi's gone. Levi's gone. Well, say, now what happens? Okay. So, who does Yibum? Who does Yibum? Ruvain does Yibum. So we'll say that's 78.3. If you look in that picture, Levi dies, black line through him. And now Ruvain, his brother, does Yibum with the woman. She doesn't have a name in this picture. She just called Nachris. Right? So ultimately, and he does Yibum with her. Okay? So far, so good. Right? Now what happens? I will say, the Kinsa Megarish, Umais. Then I will say in 78.4, the final part of this is Ruvain. Who did Yibum dies? Now, Bosai, now remember, there's more to Ruben's story. What was Ruben's story? Ruben was originally what? Was originally what? Married to Machla, who was one of the sisters. So, Bosai, so if you just put this all together, again, it's actually, like I said, it's a pretty straightforward case. Three brothers, Ruben, Shimon, and Levi. Ultimately, Ruben and Shimon are married to sisters. Levi is married to Anachris, unrelated woman. Second stage over here, Ruvain divorces his wife, Machlo, who was one of the sisters. Third stage, Levi passes away. Levi passes away. And Ruvain, who's now single because he got divorced, Ruvain does Yibum with the Nachris. Okay? And now finally in stage four, Ruvain passes away. Ruvain passes away. And ultimately, again, now, okay, so now let's go back to the Gemara. Umes Hanasi Nachris, the Gensamagash Umes, Harezohi Sha'amru, Shemesu Oniskarshu, Sarosehen Mutaros. Shabosei, what's Taloha? Shimon, who is now the last surviving brother, is permitted to go ahead and do Yibum with Nachris. Now, Abosei, says the Gemara, Shimon is permitted to do Yibum. Why? Because Rabbi Osai, Nochris, Nochris is not Itzaras Erva. Why is Nochris not Itzaras Erva? Why not? Why not? Because Rabbi Osai, because Bepashtos, because Ruvain, 
had divorced his wife before he ever married Nochris. Now, Bosai, the Gemara makes an amazing observation here, which is the reason why Shimon is permitted to go and do Yibum with Nochris is because Ruvain divorced his wife before he ever did Yibum with Nochris. The inference from that is what? From, is what? Had Ruvain been married to his wife, who was an erva to Shimon, even had he divorced her before he died, the Tsaras erva status would have been conferred to Nachris, and ultimately, again, Yibam would have been invalid. Now, we'll say, this is an incredible Yisod. So what's happening, with the, so all the Gemara is picking up on, all the Gemara is picking up on is the order of events. The, so let me read it once more in the Gemara. Taima, the Girish v'achakach kines. So let's go to 78.4 on this sheet. Why is it that Shimon is permitted to go ahead and do Yibam with Nachris? Why? Because we'll say, if you notice in this case, what happened? Ruvain had, I'm looking in 78.4, Ruvain had divorced his wife, Machla, before he did Yibam. Now remember, Machla, Machla was Shimon's wife's sister. Shimon's wife's sister. That's an erva. So they both say, what does the Gemara say? When Reuven dies, Shimon is permitted to do Yibam with Nachris. They both say, now the Gemara is saying, why is that so? Because halacha Reuven had divorced his wife, Machla, before he ever did Yibam with Nachris. What is the Gemara inferring? Had Reuven been married to, Machlas, to Machla, excuse me, at the time that he did Yibam with Nachris, what would have happened? What would have become Nochris' status? Saras Erva. She would have become the co-wife of an Erva because she would have become the co-wife of Machla, who was the sister-in-law of Shimon. And what it sounds like, Rebbe say is that even Halach Lamaisa had Ruvain gone ahead and divorced her before he passed away, that Saras Erva status still would have been there. Taima, back to the Gemara, the Girish, I'm going to make this much simpler. Much simpler. I know it can't really get much simpler than I've already made it, but I'll try. So now watch this. It's actually very simple. If we take a step back, right? Remember again, let's go back to the, for everything, this will say, this is the guiding light for Yavamas. So remember again, if we go back to the first chart, what's the case of Tsaras Erva? The case of Tzara Sever, says, remember again, Ruvain is married to two women, Rachel and Leah, and Rachel is the daughter of Shimon. Okay, so the, so the classic case of Tzara Erva is, Ruvain dies, could Shimon do Yibum? Could Shimon do Yibum? No, why not? He can't do, he can't do Yibum with Rachel, why? It's his daughter. He can't do Yibum with Leah, why? It's the Tzara, it's the co-wife of his daughter. The Mishnah had a second case. Well, actually, it's the last case. What was the last case? Ruvain divorced Rachel. Before he died, obviously. You can't divorce a woman once you're dead. Like he, divor- he, divor- he divorced her before he died. He divorced her before he died. What did the Mishnah say? What did the Mishnah say? When Ruvain now dies, what's Talacha? Shimon can do Yibam with Leah. Shimon can do Leah. All the Gemara is pointing out about say is the case of what we call, this is the case of Gimel Achim, which we're going to spend much more time on. The case of Gimel Achim seems to say that the only way to avoid a Tsaras Erva situation. So, say, so based on our Mishnah, it sounds like when is the status of Tsaras Erva concretized? When is it concretized? At the time of death. Right? So in other words, 
if ultimately, again, there are two wives and one of them is an erva, so the other one automatically becomes a tzaras erva at the time of death. But again, if something happened before, let's say divorce happened, let's say the, the husband divorced the, the wife, the, what we'll call the erva wife. It's not an erva to him, it's an erva to the other, right, to his brothers. If he divorced the erva wife before he died, then ultimately, again, there's no tzaras erva. So we'll say, from our Mishnah, again, this is what you remember, from our Mishnah, it sounds like the status of tzaras erva is concretized at the time of death. The Gemara brings up the case of the three brothers, because from the case of Shlosha Achim, it does not sound that way. From the case of Shlosha Achim, it sounds like when is the status of tzaras erva concretized? When? When? During marriage. See, at the time of marriage, because Rabbi remember again, going back now to this other chart, going back to this other chart, it sounds like, if you look at 78.4, that the reason why Shimon is permitted to marry uh, Nochris is why? Because Halacha Lamaisa, Ruvain, had divorced his wife prior to doing Yipum, which sounds like the Tsaras stat, Erba status is concretized when? At the time of marriage. Rabosai, one last simplification, because it feels like I'm failing at simplifying it. Rabosai, go back to the first chart. I'm just going to show it to you all over here. It's very simple. There seems to be Machlokas. When is Saras Erva solidified? According to our Mishnah, it sounds like the Tsaras Erva status is solidified and concretized at the time of death. From the, from the case of Gimel, three brothers, it sounds like it's actually solidified at the time of marriage. So if you look back at this first chart, table A, so we'll say, take a look once more at Ruvain. Ruvain's married to two women, Rachel and Leah. Rachel and Leah, right? Rachel is Shimon's daughter, and therefore she's an erva. Leah is the co-wife of an erva. So I will say, from our Mishnah, it sounds like Leah only becomes the co-wife of an erva when? When? From our Mishnah? When Ruvain dies. When Ruvain dies. So according to our Mishnah, had Ruvain divorced Rachel, Right? And then died, Leah would be eligible for Yibum. According to the case of the three brothers, what it sounds like is like this. The moment that Ruvain marries Rachel, let's assume for a moment Ruvain was married to Leah first and then he marries Rachel. The moment he marries his niece Rachel, Leah automatically becomes a Tsaras Erdogan. That, in other words, I've said, what we do is we kind of look at Leah's status in a what-if scenario. We know from the moment that Reuven marries Rachel, if he were to die without children, ultimately Leah would be a tzaras erva. Therefore, we confer that status upon her at the moment that Reuven marries Rachel. Rabbi said, what's the nafkamina between these two approaches? Very simple. According to our Mishnah, if Reuven divorces Rachel before he dies, Leah is eligible to Yibam to all the brothers. According to what we just read in the case of Gimel Achin, once Reuven marries Rachel, even if he divorces her before he dies, Leah is forever considered to be a Tsaras Erva. They both say fundamental riveting machlokes. See, here we go. So they both say, so which one is it? So which one is it? Oh, sorry. So it says the Gimara. Rabbi says, you're right. It's a machlokas. It's a machlokas. Two different opinions. One opinion in the Mishnah. Ultimately, again, one opinion as expressed. One opinion as expressed in the case of Gimel Achim. So the Gemara says, Both say, this is a beautiful formulation. When is 
Tsaras erva status concretized? Is it concretized at the moment of marriage? Or is it concretized at the moment of death? In other words, I both say, when a man marries a woman, so do we look at what were to happen right now if he were to die without children? Who would be eligible to? And everyone's status, so to speak, is concretized at that moment. Or do we say no? Yibum status is only concretized when? When the husband dies. So both say, that's the machologist unfolding over here. Our Mishnah holds, Misa Mapelas, Ultimately, again, Yibum status, or in this case, Tsaras Erba status, is solidified at the time of death. The opinion, ultimately, again, in the case of Gimel Achim, ultimately holds that Halach Tsaras Erba status, is solidified at the time of marriage. To which the Gemara says, Rav Am Rav says, no. The Olam Chatanu, Rav Am Rav says, no, no, no. There's no Machlokis here. It's one Tana. Both of our Mishnah and the case of Gimel Achim. So the Gemara says, "Vizu ein zu tzarech lomar." I'm sorry, "Vizu ve'ein tzarech zu lomar." "Vizu ve'ein tzarech lomar zu katani." I will say, it's kind. Of, there is a Mishnahic style where you say, once you say one thing, you don't have to say something else, but you say it anyway. I will say, it is obvious. It is obvious that if you divorce the erva wife before you marry the second wife, that obviously the second wife doesn't have Tsaras Erva status. That's obvious, right? So in the table, in this table that we saw over here, right in today's table, the fact that Reuven goes ahead and divorces Machalo before doing Yibom with Nochris, that's clear that Nochris doesn't have Tsaras Erva status. Why is that clear, Abosai? Why is that clear? Because Machlas, oh, excuse me, because Nochris was never in the picture when Reuven was married to the Erva wife. So we'll say, our Mishnah is the bigger Chiddush, right? Our Mishnah is the bigger Chiddush. Our Mishnah teaches us that at the end of the day, even if Reuven was married to both wives at the same time, but he goes ahead and divorces, using this table, he divorces Rachel before he passed away, Leah does not have erba status. So, both say, so the truth is, once we quoted the case in our Mishnah, we don't really have to state another case, but the Gemara does it anyway. So, both say, so how do we pass in Allah We pass in, say, here's what to remember. It's very simple. We pass in, Saras erba status is determined at the time of death. Like every other Yibum scenario, we look at relationships at the moment the man dies. So therefore, again, I will say, for our purposes, going, just going back to the original chart, right? Ruvain, Ruvain, when he passes away, if he is married, so at the time of his death, to Rachel and Leah, then, then Leah becomes a tsaras erva, the wife of an erva, and therefore she is precluded from Yibam with Shimon. But if Ruvain were to divorce Rachel sometime before he died, then ultimately when he dies, there is no remnant of that marriage on Leah, and Leah is a free agent for Yibum. So in other words, in other words, Yibum status determined time of death. And therefore, by extension, Saras Erba status, or Erba status for that matter, determined 
time of death. That's the halacha. Incredible. That's halacha. Well, so good. Let's go back there. Let's go back to Jose. So, says I'm saying, like, it's interesting with this, that a lot of these con- concepts are actually very uncomplicated. Almost like that bottom line is very simple and straightforward. It's the illustration of the cases that sometimes gets a little bit convoluted, but the halacha is quite simple and straightforward. So the Yimara goes right there. The Yimara says, the so Rabbi Yossi, remember again, this was the last case in the Mishnah. So remember again, this was the case of Mir. Rabbi remember again, we saw before that halacha lamaisa. What's the Mir case? Remember, let's say there's no right. There's a there's a minor daughter, and remember, a father has the ability to go ahead and marry off his daughter and create create biblical kiddushin. Let's say halacha lamaisa. There's no father. There's no father in the picture. The brother and the mother have the ability to enter the daughter into marriage as well but it is only a rabbinic marriage. Vaharayo, there's an easy way to dissolve it, which is miyun. What's miyun? Refusal. Refusal. The girl could literally say, I don't want to be married to this man, and that's it. That's it. We're, we're, we're done. We're done. So, I will say, so the last case in the Mishnah was as follows. Let's say, Reuben is married. This is, this is not a Tzaras Erevah case right now, right? Let's, well, it can be a Tzaras Erevah case. Let's say Reuben is married to Kitana. We're just going to call her Kitana. And what happens? He dies. He dies. So I'll say, so now, what did the Mishnah say? So I'll say, let's go back to this original case. Let's say now on this chart, on this chart, what do you have? You have Reuben married to Rachel and Leah. Now I'll say, let's say in this case, Rachel, Rachel, is a kitana. Rachel's a kitana. So Ruben dies, and ultimately, again, Rachel never did miyun. Now, we'll say, now, in this case over here, so it's actually interesting, because in this case, right, it's going to be what the Mishnah says, what's the halacha? The halacha is, if she did not do miyun, so Leah, Leah, the co-wife, has to do chalitza and can't do yibum. Now, we'll say, now, what's unique about this case? Really, Leah should be able to do Yibum. Why should they be able to do Yibum? Because Rachel, who's the Arab wife, what's the nature of her marriage? It's Dirabanam. But because, again, it is a marriage, the halach is Leah has to do Chalitza. And I will say, now this is different than all of our previous cases. Because in all of our previous cases, if you were the Tzara of an Erba, what did you have to do? What did you have to do? Nothing. Right? There's no Yibum, there's no Chalitza. In this case, because the erva is only in the context of a rabbinic marriage, we go ahead and we make the leah, the kawaii, the tzaras erva, do chalitza and kento yibum. Good, that's the case. So says the Gemara, says the Gemara, vitemayin hashta vitisyabim. So I don't understand. Why not just have Rachel do miyun right now? Let her do miyun right now to the yavam, right? And I'm both saying, what happens if she does miyun? What happens, she, by the way, what are the mechanics of miyun? What does miyun do? Miyun fundamentally, almost like retroactively, undoes marriage. There's no marriage. There's no marriage. Therefore, I will say, it turns out that Reuben was, quote-unquote, never married to Rachel. If Reuben was never married to Rachel, then Leah is not at Saras Erva. And Leah is therefore free to do Yibum. So, so let, let Rachel do Mion right now and let Leah do Yibum. To which the Gemara said, let me say a little Roshia. Roshia, Oh, so I'll say, we're going to get into this concept of Ziga, but take a look at Rashi for just a moment. So I'll say, we had Ma'amar in yesterday's daf. 
Right? So ma'am, I remember again, is like the quasi-kiddushin. Technically speaking, when a man is ready to do yibum, so we'll say, again, we're just going to use this same chart. So Ruben passes away, Shim and his brother is going to do yibum. Technically speaking, what affects yibum? Bia, active relations, right? Halacha l'maysa, there's a concept, Midrabana, called ma'amar. So ma'amar, kishmo who is literally, again, a verbal declaration, a verbal, a verbal declaration that I'm going to do yibum with this woman. That's called ma'amar. So the Gemara says something very interesting. Look at Rashi. Le ma'amaro. So I'll say, interestingly enough, the Gemara says, you see from something very interesting, which is, if Rachel, who in this case is the Kitana girl, right, who was, who was, she was the Kitana, married off by her brother or by her, or by her mother. Now again, her husband, Ruvain, passes away. Shimon does Ma'amar. If she now does Mion, that Mion undoes the Ma'amar. So we'll say, what happens when you undo Ma'amar? It puts you back in the general Yibum pool. See, because Ma'amar, excuse me, Mion is enough to undo Ma'amar, but it's not enough to undo the zeka. Look at Rashi. Now here's what's interesting. This is actually going to be the next parak. The concept of zika. Zika literally means a connection. Right? A connection. When ultimately, again, a man passes there without children... There is a zika, what we call a zika bond, a zika bond between the brothers and the widow. So here's what's interesting is, it appears, if, if Rachel did Mion while Reuben was still alive, so what would happen? What would happen? She would fundamentally undo the marriage as if it never occurred. Once Reuben dies, she now has the ability to exercise Mion. And what Mion could do is, if one of the brothers had done Ma'amar, Mion could undo the Ma'amar and put it back in the general Yibum pool. But it would appear that what, what, what can't Mion accomplish? Mion, at the point that Reuben has now died, Mion can't undo the marriage anymore and remove her from the Yibum pool in its totality. So the Gemara says, the Ravoshia, so we'll say, now what's the proof of that? The proof of that is what did the Mishnah say? Shimon passes away, sorry, Reuben passes away and leaves behind two wives, Rachel and Leah. Rochel is Shimon's daughter. So now again, what did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah says, Leah has to do Chalitza. Aye, but why not just go ahead and have Rochel do Mion? Have Rochel do Mion, let her undo everything, and that way Leah is a free agent for Yibom. So Bosef, Gemara says, it appears that, what do you see from here? It appears that once Ruvain dies, Rochel no longer has the option to do Mion, to undo the, the marriage to her now deceased husband. The most that her mion could do is undo ma'amar, but can't undo the zeka. To which the Gemara says, no. No, 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 no. To which the Gemara says, lo, tsaras er shiny. No, I will say, it's not true. In fact, I will say, we're going to see that Allah saw in a case where Reuven passes away and he leaves behind two wives, Rachel and Leah. If Rachel was a kitana, Right, and she was married off with Mion, assuming she's still a Kitana, she could do Mion even after Ruvain dies, and what? And undo the entire marriage to Ruvain. 
I so if that's the case, why do we make Leia do chalitza? Right? Let the, let Leia do yibum. To which the one I'll tell you. Listen to this. General non-yibum case. Let's say Ruben's married to Rachel, right? And Rachel ultimately again is a kitana. She was married. She was married to Ruben with rabbinic marriage. So we'll say what happens. If Rachel decided to do Mion, she's permitted to marry Ruven's father, Yaakov. Why is she permitted to marry Ruven's father, Yaakov? Why? Why? Because we'll say, what does Mion do? What does Mion do? It undoes the marriage in its totality, right? There's no marriage. So therefore, again, if Ruven's married to Rachel, and it was a rabbinic marriage, and Rachel the Kitana does Mion, she's permitted to marry Ruven's father. However, Mion Abiyavam, Asur Aviv. Interestingly enough, if in the case where Ruben passes away, now, right, and let's say Rachel did Mion to Shimon, to the Yavam, Halacha she can't marry their father, right? Why? Alma Meshas Nafila Nira Kikaloso, Nira's Kikaloso. Because what I said, the concern is like this. After Rachel falls to Yibun, right, she really has the legitimate appearance as what? Ruben's wife, and what we'll call Yaakov's daughter-in-law. See with on a technical halachic level, were she to exercise the neon option, she would undo everything and technically be eligible to her former husband, Ruvain's father. Once Ruvain dies and she falls to Yibum, a certain, it, it appears that a relationship has been solidified and concretized. Therefore, we would not allow her to marry her now deceased husband's father. So the one says, So to over here, in this case over here, the co-wife, Leah, has the appearance ultimately again of being a tsaras erva, and therefore he forced her to do chalitza. But say, let's bring this all together. Right, so in this sugya, what comes out of here? So first of all, in the realm of miyun, this is very important, a girl has the ability to do miyun even after her husband has passed away, which is really fascinating. So technically speaking, in this case, where Rachel, where Rachel, the right Rachel, who is the erva wife, Right, was a kitana, and now Ruvain dies, so she falls to Yibum. Technically, she, a girl who is a kitana in a, in a Dirabanan marriage could do Mion to her Yavam. And what happens when she does Mion? What happens? She undoes the marriage in totality. The case of the Mishnah is a little bit different, because in the case of the Mishnah, Rachel, again, operating off the first chart over here, Rachel, who is the co-wife of Leah, right? Rachel is the erva wife, Leah is the co-wife, We'll say technically what we suggest over here is what? What should we tell Rachel? Rachel, just do miyun. When Rachel does miyun, what happens? We'll say what happens? What happens? The entire marriage retroactively is undone, which leaves Leah what? Leaves Leah what? Eligible for yibum. So that's what we should tell her. But the mission says we don't do that. Why? Because when Ruvain passes away and Leah and Rachel, excuse me, falls for yibum, we'll say there is the appearance of a legitimate marriage. And once there's the appearance of a legitimate marriage, we're concerned that if we let Leah do Yibam, what's going to happen? People will mistakenly think that a Tsaras Erva is permitted to go ahead and do Yibam. So therefore, what do we do? We tell Leah, you have to do Chalitza. That's Talach Abosai, and that indeed is Halach Lamaisa. Therefore, Abosai, a number of very important pieces, Halach Lamaisa, come out over here. First of all, we pass in Tsaras, Tsara is going to be Aser, right? Number two, Halach Lamaisa, Yibum status is established when? Yibum status is established when? At the time of death. Number three, 
a girl has the ability, has the ability to do me on even to her, even to her yavama, and ultimate or and ultimately again going under the previous marriage. And number four, in a case where a woman is the tsaras erva of a kitana, even though we should tell the kitana just do mion and let the tsara do yibum, it's almost like marasai, right? It just has the, if we're nervous, that if we were to allow Leah, the co-wife of the, er, the kitana erva to do yibum, that people would think that tsaras erva is permitted in yibum. Therefore, we tell in that case the tsaras erva to do chalitza. Beautiful. Beautiful. There are six more stringent cases. Now, the truth is, Chamur in this case actually doesn't, it's actually not Chamur. Rashi already points this out. They're different. There are six, we're going to see, there are six more cases where essentially Yibum is impossible. See, in the first 15 cases in the Mishnah, what happened? What was the common denominator in the first 15 cases? What was the common denominator? There was an Erva, but the Erva was only to who? Only to who? To one of the brothers. In other words, in all of the first 15 cases, there was a brother who was able to do Yibam. It was possible. Just ultimately, again, one brother wasn't able to, but other brothers were. The mission just pointed out over here. There are six cases where none of the brothers are able to do Yibam. They both say, when's a case where, where all six brothers, or, or, I'm sorry, where are cases where all brothers can't do Yibam? Where the woman in question is paternally related to them. Because you also remember, again, What's the determinant for brotherhood by Yibum? Right? Same father. Same father. So we're going to have six cases, six women who are paternally related. And therefore, again, I will say all the Mishnah is saying is Yibum is impossible to anyone. Now, I will say, now here's the beauty of this. Remember, this is very, very exciting. Remember, if Yibum is impossible, then ultimately, again, what's the status of the co wives in those situations? Mutter, why? Because we'll say, Tsaras Erva is only Asr when? Bemako Mitzvah. Right? Co wives are only disqualified when in, techn- in a technical Yibam situation. But Allah, we saw this in, yes, in last week's staff, Shalom Bemako, which is Friday's staff, Shalom Bemako Mitzvah, ultimately against Tsaras Erva's Mutter. We'll see it. So let's, let's go. So Shesh Arayos Chamuras Melu. There are six cases that are more chamer. I will say again, it doesn't mean more chamer. It just means six cases where yibum is impossible for any of the brothers. What are the cases? Ultimately, again, because they are married to others. Now, I will say, what does it mean because they're married to others? Because they can't be married to any of the brothers, as you will see. Here we go. Therefore, Therefore, I will say, their co-wives by definition, are going to be mutter. Because remember again, the case of Tsaras Erva, a co-wife of an Erva only becomes, it was only ushered to me when? Bemakom Mitzvah. In a Yibum scenario. Rabbi, say, remember again, can I just illustrate this for a moment? Allow me to illustrate this in just a moment. Let's say someone unrelated to me is married to my daughter. Someone unrelated to me is married to my daughter. Right? So Rabbi, say, well, we'll call him Ruvain. Ruvain's married to me. Now, of course, he happens to be related to me now because he's married to my daughter because he's my, he's my son-in-law. But yeah, he's not related to me. Not, in other words, I will say, as opposed to one of my brothers marrying my daughter. Someone unrelated to me marries my daughter. We'll call her Rachel. Okay? Now, let's say, again, unrelated guy also marries Leah. Also marries Leah. I will say, let's say unrelated guy doesn't get along with Leah. He divorces her. Can I marry Leah? Absolutely. I, but she was the co-wife of my daughter. Remember, co-wifery, 
There's only a problem in a Yibum scenario. That's called B'mako Mitzvah. Shalom B'mako Mitzvah, being the co-wife of an Erva, does not have any negative impact. So the Gemara goes right there. So listen to this. So therefore, Sheish Arayos, Chamurus Me'elub, Nishin Nesul Zlacherim. Therefore, it's Arosei Mutaros. Emo, so we'll say, what, is, what are the six cases? Emo, one's mother. Now we'll say, now one's mother, right? One's mother can never be married to any of one's brothers. Now we're assuming right now in this case that one's mother also happens to be married to one's father. Now we'll say, now the truth is we're going to see that's not necessarily the case because remember, we paskin, not like Rabbi Yehuda, which is anusas oviv, right? A woman violated by my father is usher to me as well. Okay, Aishas oviv, Father's wife, Achos Aviv, father's sister, father's sister. Ah, sorry, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Achos Aviv, my father's sister. Achos Me Aviv, a paternal sister. Ve'eshes Achi Aviv, the wife of my father's brother. Ve'eshes Achi Me Achiv Me Aviv, and the wife of my paternal brother. So I will say these are all cases where halacha lemaisa, there's no yibum. Why is there no yibum? Because none of the paternal brothers could marry any of these women. Because these are all paternal relations. Because they're all paternal. So we'll say, remember again, anyone who is paternally related to me is also what? Related to who? Any of my paternal brothers. And yibum is determined by paternal relationship. Right? We don't have to have the same mother, but we have to have the same father. So therefore, in these six cases, all the rules is actually a very straightforward. I could give you, again, I, I Dafka did not share with you the charts because I will say I actually feel that in these cases, the charts make it 10 times harder. This is straightforward. All this is, these are six relations, right? Six relatives who are paternally related to me because they're paternally related to me. Therefore, they're, they're related to, they are paternally related to all of my paternal brothers. Therefore, Yibum is impossible in any of these scenarios. And therefore, Halach Alamaisa, these women, by definition, cannot be married to any one of my brothers, which means they're married to who? Who are they married to? Who are they married to? Someone who is what? Not related to me. Therefore, again, their tsaros, their co-wives are permitted, right? Because again, tsaros erva are only problematic b'mako mitzvah and shalom say, Listen to this. I promised you a good daft today. Listen to this. Be'shamay matirin hatsaros la'achim. Let's say this is wild. Beishamai now argues actually on the first Mishnah. Beishamai says, by the way, by the way, Beishamai says, Atzaras Erva's mutter in Yibo. What? 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 The last 12 days of my life just came tumbling down. All right, they'll say again, we've been building up the last 12 days since we started the Masechta, that everything is, well, everyone agrees, Saras Erva's Aser. Everyone agrees the co-wife of an Erva's Aser. Comes along Beishamai and says, no, by the way, the co-wife of an Erva's mutter, Erva's Asr in Yibum, but the co-wife of an Erva, you could do Yibum with the co-wife of an Erva. Okay? Well, Basila also. Basila says, no, it's absolutely Asr. I'll say, Amadez. Cholzu. So we'll say, what happens again? So we'll say, so just to illustrate this, just want to point out what just happened over here. Go back to the original, original table. Watch this. So we'll say, remember again, watch what just happened over here. Ruvain is married to Rachel and Leah. Right? So Beishamai says, Beishamai says, Shimon could do Yibum with Leah. Can't do Yibum with Rachel, obviously. It's his daughter, it's an Erva. But he can do Yibum with Leah. Basil says, absolutely not. Tsaras Erva's Aser. Chaltzu. So I'll say, now watch this. 
What happens? If let's say Shimon did Chalitza with Leah, so Bishamai posts him in Akuna. Bishamai will say, well, now, Bosa, we're going to see that a woman who underwent Chalitza is like a Grusha, it's like a divorcee. If Shimon did Chalitza with Leah, she's Chalitza, therefore, also to the Kuna. Basila Machshirin, Basila ultimately say that Halachalamaisa, she's Kasha. Because remember, Basila will say that Leah, Again, this Leah, right? Leah is not subject to Yiman Chalitza at all. Therefore, when you do Chalitza with her, what's the effect of that Chalitza? Meaningless. Meaningless. And therefore, she's totally permitted to the Kuna. So the Gemara says, Nisyavmu. Now watch this. What happens if Halach Elamaisa, again, they did Yibum? Beisham and Achshir, Beisil Apostlin. So this is pretty serious. Let's say again, Leah. Let's say Leah did Yibum. So again, Beishamai would say, no problem, it's Kasher. Beisil would say, Apostle. Puzzle. Bas- and I will say it's going to be more than puzzle. Basil would say that it's potential mamzerus, right? Pretty serious infraction. Then I will say, now watch this. Even though again, have such a dramatic machlokas, nevertheless, nevertheless, Basil married the woman of Beishamai. Bishamai married the woman of Basilo. And we'll say now again, we'll, qu- we'll qualify that in just a moment. Furthermore, again, And even though there were times where Bishamai said, Sometimes Shamai said, Hillel said, Tar. Sometimes Hillel said, Tar. Shamai said, Tame. They did not refrain from borrowing utensils one from the other. So I'll say, what does it sound like? Even though they have this fundamental machlokes in halacha, there was still incredible respect and ultimate act. So we'll say, let's just clarify this in just a moment. According to Beishamai, according to Beishamai, Saras Erva is subject to Yibam and Chalitza. According to Beishilo, Saras Erva is what? Right? Fundamentally Mufka, not in the parish. According to Beishilo, Saras Erva is the same thing as an Erva herself. There's no Yibam. Now I understand what this means. According to Beishamai, going, going back to our original table, right? Let's just use this, this I told you, it's the best table. According to the original table, Ruvain's married to Rachel and Leah. Rachel's an Erva. Leah is a Tzaras Erva. According to Beis Hillel, so there's no Yibam and Chalitza by Leah. According to, according to Beishamai, Shimon, right? Shimon could do Yibam with Leah. Now listen, now watch this. Watch this. Let's say Shimon did Yibam with Leah. Shimon did Yibam with her. So I was like, according to Beis Shammai, what's the step? What happened? What did, Shimon, what did Shimon do? What did Shimon do? A mitzvah. According to Beis Hillel, if Shimon does Yibam with Leah and they have children, what do we call those kids? Mamzerim. You married your brother's wife. That's an Isra Kares and that's a Mamzer. That's a Mamzer. Now I was saying, now the Mishnah says, oh, beautiful. But yet, even though they had this fundamental machlokas, ultimately, again, they married each other. What? H- how could that be? Rabbi said, "This is incredible. Look at Rashi. Lo nimnu afa pishe b'neat saroshinis yab mukibeshame mamzer hilebeisilel. Even though again the children of this yibum scenario, which beishamai permitted, were were mamzer according to beisilel. Shai be isra eishes achi aleim eishes ach bekaris ubnei arayosh in chayve krisos mamzerim em kidamina berkin afa filo achi lo nimnu beisilel milis saroshin beishamai." This is incredible. Rashi says, no, no, no. This is, don't, don't get carried away. This is not like a kumbaya moment over here with Basil Beishamai. Hey, everybody thinks great. No, but so what happens is as follows. They got along. And Basil would marry women of Beishamai. But not these women, right? In other words, 
that in, on the Shidduch resume, on the Shidduch resume, right? What would you have to put on there? What would you have to put on there? Are you the product of a Beishamai Yibum? And if you are, Beisilah would say, Hatzlacha Rabbah, but sorry, we're going to say no to the Shidduch. As Rashi points out, to me, yeah, they, they married each other, but Beis Hillel would not touch these kind of women, right? Or as you say, it's not just women. Beis Hillel would not go ahead and marry into products of this type of Yibum union, because according to Beis Hillel, ultimately they were Mamzerim. Shabbos say, by the way, what a profound yisod. You see, people think that shalom and respect means that I have to accept, right? If I, if I really respect you and, and I love you, right, and I want shalom, I accept everything you say and I accept everything you do. That's not what shalom means. Shalom means I respect your right to do whatever it is that you want to do, but I vehemently disagree. I, don't, I, I respect it, but I don't accept it, right? I respect your right to have your opinion. I respect that. But I do not accept your opinion at all. I don't expect your. I don't accept your way of life. I don't accept your Ashka. I, res, I respect. I respect your right to have it, and I will never chasashalom mistreat you for having those ideas, for having those Ashka, for having those. But I do not accept it. A person is not obligated to accept that which they fundamentally feel is wrong. I can't, I shouldn't disassociate, I shouldn't slam the door, I, could, I, I, I have to respect, even if I can't accept. And that's what's happening over here. And I will say, by the way, if only we would learn to be able to do this, how much better the world would be, right? I will say, if you want to know the number one problem in contemporary society, it's that we don't know how to act like Bishayim and Bishilal. We don't learn how to respect without, right? We have to learn respect without acceptance, right? I don't accept, I don't, I don't accept what you're saying, and I don't accept what you're, but I, I respect you, I respect you. That was the master of Beisham Beisham, so let's just go a little bit weiter. Says the Gemara, Amr of Shem Ben Pazi, my time in Beisham, why does Beisham say that it's Saras Erebus, Chayibin Yibum, Tichsiv Lo Sia Eishas Amesa Chutzel Eishizar. Boss say this is wild, because Beisham holds up, listen to this. This is the Pasuk by Yibum. The Torah says, that the wife of the deceased, the wife of the deceased, should not be achutzal ishzar. The Rabbos say, we, the way we normally translate this pasuk is, she shouldn't be achutzal. What does chutz refer to? What does chutz refer to? Someone other than the yavam. She should not marry someone else other than the yavam. Rabbos say, what? Beishamah says, no. Achutzal, is actually a modifier to the word eishes hames. The eishes hames who is chutzal who is further removed, should not be given to someone other than the Yavam. The both say, who is that? The fact that it calls her the outer wife tells us that there's an inner wife, a closer wife. The both say, who's the inner, who's the closer wife? What is this referring to? This is referring to Reuben is married to two women. One of them is Rachel, one of them is Leah. Rachel is an erva to Shemin. Rachel is the Pnima. She's the wife who's a bit too close. Leah is the Chutzah wife, the wife who's a little bit removed. And what does the Torah say according to Beishamai? Don't allow the Isha who is Chutzah to marry someone else. I.e., I.e., she is still subject to Yibum. So the Gemara says, Chutzah Bechad Yibum, Vamarach, Maralosia. So therefore, Beishamai learns from there that Allah Alamaisa, Allah Alamaisa, even Tsaras Erva has to do Yibum. She is the Chutzah. She's the outer wife. The wife who's a little bit more removed, yet the Torah still says, don't let her marry someone else. She has to do Yibum. 
but he still requires that just Rabbi Yudam Dam Rabbi Yudam Rav. Minayin Shay Kedushin Tovsim Biyavama. But say this is what? How do you know that if a man, uh, let's say a woman, a husband dies, he's behind the Yavama? How do you know that if someone else tries to affect Kedushin with the Yavama, that the Kedushin doesn't work? Shneimar Lo Siya Eisha Samisa Chutzal Ishzar Lo Siya Ba Havia Lazar. Torah tells us that ultimately, if anyone else tries to affect Kedushin, it will not work. Beishamai. What did Beishamai say to that? Iksiv Lachutz. If it would have said lochutz to the outside, I would have understood that. But chutzak sibba. Beishamai says, if it was just telling me that someone other than the oven can't marry this woman, it should have said lochutz. She cannot marry to the outside. Chutza, chutza is a modifier for Isha. It's descriptive of her status. Beisilo will say that Allah says, since it says chutza, that's as if it says lochutz. How so? You know, we'll stop over here for today. We'll say again. All right, we have a lot to do in Mirat Hashem. Incredible, incredible. But I will say, I will tell you the next couple of days. Incredible, Gemara. We even get a little bit of agarata in here. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Again, we'll say, do the Chazara Shkai, everyone.